Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Ross. Ahoy, everybody! This is your Friday follow-up for episode 20, Puzzle Pieces. We have a lot to discuss today. I'm so sorry to say that Zach is on assignment. We are going to miss him so much, but I did want to get that ahoy in right away. We have a lot of listener questions, a lot to discuss, so we'll be back right after this break. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that you did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. All righty. So this is, I'm uh, feeling a little bit underprepared here. A couple things. One, as Janet said, Zach is on assignment today. Uh, and I'm actually recording from a hotel room, but I'm feeling un- underprepared because this is the first time that Janet has completely made the follow-up outline by herself. So it's just suddenly occurring to me that I have no idea what these questions are. I don't know what we're supposed to talk about. I'm, I'm very much yeah. uh, feeling out of my element. So what the what's the show about, Janet? Well, listen, I just want to say thanks for giving me the keys to the whole shit here. This is going to be great. <laughs> right. uh, I've got a lot of stuff planned that you are done. You, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and say it. You are not going to like. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, Excellent. Perfect. No, uh, it's first of all, we definitely miss having Zach here. Um, he is, as I like to say, the only adult in the room. So this is going to be very interesting. Uh, we're, you and I are both going to try to um, uh, put on our grown-up pants and have this Friday follow-up. We had a ton of listener questions, not to be surprised since everybody engages so well and since we had several separate interviews that you uh, kind of pieced together and gave us some context around. So whenever you do multiple interviews, I feel like that definitely generates a ton of questions. So I'm going to try to get to everything. There were a few that were a little bit more about past things that I f- was thinking people could find answers to either with each other on the Facebook page or by going back and listening to episodes. Um, I Only because, again, we have so much to cover. I just wanted to make sure we get the um, the more recent stuff uh, nailed down. And yeah, I, still I didn't might run mention, out of time, so give me a heads it, up if we were Yeah, I didn't it. mention to you that when I give you the questions, it's not all the questions. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just well, I picked through about 15. Yeah, don't ask me to choose. Yeah. I feel like I'm picking my favorite children. And then, that, then I'm, I'm curious like, oh, how no, many pages your outline is. I mean, seven or eight. It's not that bad. I, I, I usually give you a two-page outline. <laughs> 
<laughs> this should be this would be good. Before Chapter we get into those, one. yes, because um, we we may knock out some of those questions. Just I'm I'm curious, what were your thoughts uh, on the episode? And have, whether if you have a general take or if you want to hit the four different people you heard speak. Let's talk about Jacobs first. He was the first interview. Um, the one where the way I took it was he kind of got called out by Leclerc yep. or Iker, whichever who's one. Still, was who's still very nice to him. Who's still very nice yeah. to him. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's like, look, man, I know you're not. I know you didn't do anything. Just it just you got to know. Huh? It doesn't look good. <laughs> right. Anyway, you're like, my favorite yeah, line is the whole thing really is like when, when Jacob says, yeah, I'm not like trying to change my story here. And he goes, yeah, but you have yeah. three times now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my favorite part is when he goes, so why didn't you tell me that you guys had broken up? And Jacob goes, why didn't I tell you? Which is, by the way, always a sure sign of someone buying time. What? Repeating question the question, question back, definitely buying time. Why didn't I tell you? Well, see, I feel like Javi had, so, there was so much we had to talk about. Like, that was the weirdest non-answer, utterly made sense in terms of him being like, what? I don't have a good answer for that. So I'm going to say, well, there was just so much to talk about. Do you know what it reminded me of? And yeah, I think what? you'll get there. Is It reminded me of the dude in The Big Lebowski. Oh, when he's totally. Like, because he was like, there's just so much, you know, man, information <laughs> to be obtained and ascertained yeah. here throughout yes. uh, a lot of ins, a lot of outs. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, it was. That's exactly what it was like. It was like the dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's perfect. Um, so, yeah. So that that particular interview. Um, well, you know, the interesting thing about that interview, obviously, is that it, it does lead to that third interview. You talk about it on the podcast, but it's a long interview. Once you actually if you go to the case documents, right. I will be honest, I haven't even finished reading it because I was reading it, had a bunch of notes and then was trying to get to all the questions together and stuff. So I'm only halfway through. I'm on like page 17, yeah. 33 or something. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty long interview the other one. And there's not much new ground covered in there other than in that one. And I thought it was important that we see the whole development of that because you know somebody had come in here into the chat after we played the first Jacob interview where he not he not only doesn't mention the breakup, but he says, "Man, yeah, we get along great. We don't fight and argue, yeah. and that's why we're so great together." And then somebody's like, "Well, right here he says, Oh yeah, well we were still talking, so I didn't think we were broken up. And like we, if you miss that piece in the middle, you don't really see how that, yeah, how that came to be. I mean, I have some thoughts on that, and we do have some varied response um, from listeners as to kind of how they take and perceive. Again, the reasons we keep talking about this, but we mm-hmm. have to keep talking about this. Why are people being evasive? And there we have we really run the gamut. <clears throat> excuse me, we really run the gamut with listeners between this is extremely shady you know there's some even today Mm -hmm. just now i see it's uh, amy thinks he might be shady af uh that being jacob and then some people feel like there could be very very innocent reasons for that so we'll kind of dig into all of that with jacob's interview um what was next is that uh bo's interview bo nash was next yeah yeah um i think i i think a lot of people feel this way based on some feedback i was seeing but I, i he seemed very like guileless he seemed i mean i say that about javi's interviews as well so it just shows what i know but Bo seemed very credible to me it didn't feel like he was um forcing too many things i thought his interview was very interesting because he seemed to have the closest opinion 
to Javier of kind of who Becky was. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a couple of things that both said that really stuck out to me that we'll get into because listeners noticed it as well. Um, so I don't want to get too into that. Um, but what did you think? Yeah, Bo was the Bo honestly was the first interview that I watched, and I and, and this sounds biased too, but I, I didn't get I didn't get any bad vibes from Robert as far as and when I say bad vibes, I mean I nothing was nothing was jumping out at me like he was lying or trying to hide anything. Yeah, um, I felt the same way about Bose. I felt like he was he was being genuine. He was trying to answer the questions to the best he knew. He mixed some things up, like which which is kind of a bummer the way they were mixed up because. Um, you know, he like he never mentions hanging out with Javier on Friday night or Sunday night uh, when Javier says that that's his alibi. He's with him. But when you listen to it, like the officer is like, well, what were you doing yesterday? And he's like, oh, let me see. We came up from the hill at eight in the morning. I worked till 1030. Then I hung out with Nick. And at first you're like, oh, so you weren't with Javier. But then it's like, wait a minute. The day you came up at 830 and worked till 1030 was Saturday, Saturday. So yeah. is all of this Saturday or did you just fix those two things up? And yeah. so I don't really know, but I I didn't Which get. Which has happened before. People still, even though it's, you know, a week ago or a couple days ago or whatever, people are still, I mean, I, in this case, it was literally Monday. It but, was, the, yeah, you know, 12 hours later. But yeah. we had, we with our with our interviews from Robert and yeah, people were confusing from the very beginning when we started listening to interviews. Yeah. People still so, were confusing what was Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. And like I said, like, like, like it doesn't bother me that he was mixing. The, and, and generally, I, I when someone is mixing things up like that, I almost like, to me, that almost leans more innocent to the, like the fact that he was like confusing what he did Sunday and Saturday, mm-hmm. like, and it could be bullshit. But for me, I always think. Well, clearly they don't. They don't know that it's a really big deal that they document where their time was yesterday if they can't even right. get their day straight. It's usually right. like it's like you probably had nothing to do with this. But no, I liked Bo's interview. I think he sound you know it, it was one of the ones I wasn't frustrated with. Like I said, for me with Javier, like you said, his, his sounded like very nice too. But to me, it was like he seems like he's hiding something. He's overselling stuff. Yeah. Jacobs, you know, you just heard. You know, just so many things that were unver- that were not just unverified, but were con- contradicted by everyone else on the phone records. Not to push uh, back too hard, but I know you said earlier that you didn't think there was anything in Robert's interview and you didn't get bad vibes from him. But I will say I did feel like knowing what we know, he was very much underselling and hiding his interest in Becky and seeing her again. Go ahead. Yeah, th- that is that is true. Going yeah. back to it, you know, when we l- listened to it at that point, um, the one thing we knew was that. They'd been talking since Wednesday or Thursday, and he had mentioned Saturday. But yeah, he was he was definitely undersub. But it wasn't some like you didn't. I guess what I mean is you you did you didn't feel that like we know that right based right. on what we know now. But like just watching and listening to the interview, there right. weren't things that he was like putting out there that was like immediately you know getting my yeah. my hackles up. But yeah, that that, you're you're right. Yeah, when we go back to he definitely undersold what was going on with him and Becky. Yeah, and then we have Austin's interview. Um, and why does that get cut off so abruptly? I mean, I know it does, but like, I cannot, I could I not no hear idea. for the life of me what was going on that suddenly it was just over. No idea. That's it doesn't say in the transcript long. either, right? Mm-mm. No, nope. or the report. So it just abrupt. says like the report, the reports on the website, but it just says something like, you know, talk to him. He never saw Jacob that weekend. That definitely does not alibi Jacob. He was in Hemet until two 30 in the morning on Sunday. Hmm. That's it. Weird. And it was just like, boom, it's over with. I, I don't know. And they never, from what I've seen, they never come back to Austin. Um, okay. Well, do you want to start digging in? 
I see a lot of activity in the chat already. And as, as I said, we got a lot of questions. So I feel like I'm scaring you now that I just keep going. We got a lot of questions. Yeah, I was hoping that if we Don't just panic. talk long enough, we won't get to all the questions. <laughs> and <laughs> no. we're out of time. It's been great catching up. Thanks, everybody. Um, no, let's let's start. Um, let's start out. Uh, I just one very quick clarification because it does involve the activities of that weekend. Jeanette was um, a little bit confused about how many different parties were happening in the days before the murder. We know about the one Friday at Nick Coraline's and that was Mm -hmm. Alex's birthday. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. And then there wasn't one on Saturday. No, no. Saturday, Becky was uh, Becky was working. I don't think there was any it, it gets confusing because guys are kind of mixing up the days and the mornings and stuff when they left. Yeah. There was but it seems like Friday night was the party where at 1:30 in the morning Bo and Javier went up to Becky's and spent the night up there. I don't know if anything happened if there were any parties on Saturday. I'm not I I if you just take word for word what people said, it sounds like there was one mixed in there somewhere. Um but I yeah. don't think I think that was just people mixing up days because we know gotcha uh well we don't know because we only got the time i have the time records for Bo and nick uh, and on on sunday they got off about 8 8 30 um and he said sunday they worked or saturday they worked till 10 30 at night okay um and saturday was the night when javier dropped becky off at work saw the confrontation right. with austin alba all that yep. stuff yeah Okay. Well, uh, although in the sequence of events in the episode itself, we would start with Jacob's interview, I would actually love to start with Bo because we've talked so much about him and because uh, he's kind of a new voice for us. Okay. Um, And we can talk a little bit more about Jacob later. But Nick B says at the end of Bo's interview, he said that Saturday morning, Javi was on the phone with his mom when Becky, and this would be at Becky's house, when Becky received a call. So Javi hung up to listen to the call. But Bo left at 8.11 to head down the hill. Do we have phone records for Becky and Javi for Saturday morning? And also, how did Javi have cell service at Becky's that morning to talk to his mom? I'm super confused about that whole thing because there's no cell phone service up there. The home line, we don't have any calls around that time. There's only a few records on the the home home phone records. Actually, actually we only have home phone records from Sunday. Hmm. That was the one where it said isn't there. That the company was charging a hundred dollars a day, oh, so they only took so irritating. So they only took out one day because that's all that matters. Um, but also, like when I listened to it, I thought that Javier was like talking to his mom at like I assumed they were at Javier's house. Like it, they couldn't have been at Becky's they house. Been, but they I, so I I don't yeah. have an answer for you. The way he described it, it was just I couldn't make it make sense in my mind. Okay. So zero answer on that. Hopefully we'll be able to parse it out, but maybe not. Uh, Valeria and Sonia also had similar questions, just trying to figure out how to account for that call. Like if that call comes in and she was yelling at somebody, Valeria points out, and then she was okay after that. Was that a Jacob call in which they were bickering again? Um, and so, Well, there was a call with Jacob in the morning at like 840 uh, on Becky's cell that was like three minutes long, and that's the one Jacob mentioned. He didn't say anything about a fight, but Jacob said he talked to her. Remember, he said that he'd missed a bunch of calls from her, talked to her Saturday morning for a few minutes and said, well, I'll call you when I get home from Costa Mesa. But that can't be on her cell because she was at home. Right. Well, now now I I need to go back and look at the phone records and see if that call was to her house or to her cell phone. If she had gone down the mountain at 8 o'clock, too, I'm not sure. 
Okay, let's put a pin in that. Um, it, Kristen says, listening to Bo, I'm wondering just how much Javier is ever pressed on his love for Becky. Because Bo makes it sound like it was pretty obvious also that Javier had these somewhat obsessive-like feelings for a long time. Yeah, this is... Uh, he's never really pressed on it. I mean, we've we've heard... We've heard all of his interviews. So your initial full interview, the short ones where they're just basically, you know, hammering him about taking a polygraph. And I believe that, you know, his dad and mom pretty much put a stop to him being questioned after that. I mean, and, I do kind of feel like Leclerc does press him a lot in that interview where he's like, you sure you didn't have mm-hmm. feelings for you? You sure you guys never had sex? You sure you didn't this? You sure you didn't that? Um, and then he and then he does bring that up a lot with everyone else it seems like that he's i mean not everyone else but it does seem like leclerc kind of one of his through lines in certain interviews does seem to be like so there's nothing going on with becky and javi huh right yeah i think so he's suspected he is, you know he does he is paying attention yeah i did, i just don't think they ever like well we have more interviews and more people that you're gonna hear just just, just foreshadowing a little bit but it it, it does seem that most people share the same opinion as Bo that it wasn't, you know, Javier just wanting to be friends and didn't want to mess up the friendship that, that he wanted more. And it seems like that was the source of a lot of the, when we keep hearing nobody liked Becky or a lot of people didn't like Becky, it seems like what we'll see when we go a little further into this is that a lot of the reason people didn't like Becky, like I I think he even said it with Alex was was, with Alex was that they felt like she was kind of playing Javier because Javier okay. liked her so much. I don't remember that, but maybe that's maybe that's coming up. But I, or maybe I'm just not remembering. Um, Montana, uh, real quick, you, yeah, I just noticed your question in the chat, and I do know the answer because I had the same thing and listened to it a few times. Uh, Montana says I couldn't catch it even after listening to the section several times, but it sounded like Bo said he met Becky through Robert. I think he did say that. I think yeah, he said for sure. He Couple met times. he met Becky knowing that Robert was dating Becky, and that's how they met. And then he says, "But you mean when I knew her stronger, like better, right. closer." That's when so they had he, just he, yeah they had just met each other but they weren't like friends but then when he because he is so close with Javier over the summer he got to be really close with Becky because they're always together yeah um, Beth has some questions about the sort of general idea again of Javi controlling as we've talked about maybe wanting to control the narrative or something maybe that's a strong word or a strong term for it but um, so she's trying to figure out the timing of certain things in terms of how would Bo know this and when would Javi have told him this. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a few different things here, but I'm going to try to kind of paraphrase. Um, it's she, she says, it sounds like Bo says Javi wanted to make sure. Bo says that it sounds like Javi told Bo that Robert and Chris and Christian and that he knew that Robert and Christian wanted to come up to see Becky and that he knew that they didn't want that Robert had said, I hope your parents aren't there. Mm-hmm. And Beth points out the officer sort of talking over Bo in both sections, so it's hard to hear. But she's trying to figure out, like, did Javi tell Bo that before or after the murders? Like, would Javi have said, oh, you know, Robert didn't want, you know, I hey, hey, this hasn't happened yet, but Robert and Christian are supposed to go up there. And they said something weird about not wanting her parents to be there. Or is that something that comes in after the murders, which when Javi is sort of going like, wait a minute, I'm this is all seeming really suspicious. Right. Um, well, we don't then, we don't know for yeah. sure, but I would as I would imagine that that happened like on the drive up because remember as soon as 
uh, Javi starts calling Robert as soon as Javi you know finds out that something happened up there. He starts calling Robert because Becky had told him that Robert was going up there. Right. So it would make sense to me that that if Javier, so I don't know if you can hear the fire trucks driving I down the road. Certainly can. I know <laughs> yeah. that when you go to Nashville, you're welcomed with a fire truck parade. Yeah. And everybody blows their sirens for you. Which Every is nice. couple hours. Yeah. Great. Um. But yeah, it would make perfect sense to me that while they're driving up, if he's making these calls, that he would tell Bo. Well, Robert was supposed to go up there, and Becky said this, this, and this. You know, yeah. so it. I, I assume that's when it came up. And yeah, because Beth points out that Bo even seems to know that Christian was going to be a part of that, and um, and so just is interested about you know him telling that story and when he's telling it, and 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 how to get other people sort of involved in that same narrative. Um, but I think it's. I think you're right. I mean, I think it's almost. It's very safe to assume that those are stories he's talking about after the fire. Like he's yeah. telling everyone all this after the fire. But I guess we don't know that for absolute sure. Um, Kristen says when Bo was asked if his footprints would be out in the desert, he said no. But Becky and Javi come up here all the time. Um, do you think that means Javi has been on a hike with Becky? Th- that's another. That's another thing that kind of jumped out of me. And, and I, I, I guess it's a good point to pause and talk about. A lot of people are putting on like a bunch of like theories on the fan page. I'm sure Janet, you're in there now. You've, you've seen some of them and it, and it's created some contention because some people are like, Hey, you're jumping way. Like you're jumping to conclusions. It's a, it's a hard line to toe because part of what makes us good at what we do as a community, as a whole is that, you know, we think of everything and we spitball all these ideas, but then there's like this fine line of like, well, yeah, but let's not be accusing someone of something. Um, so I, I would just caution people to be, you know, it's okay to be putting theories out, but but I think we keep them in a hypothetical sense. Like, could this be, because that's kind of the scientific method for us is we gather evidence and we try to piece together a hypothesis and see if the evidence supports it. So those, I think those discussions are okay. Um, I will say that a bunch of people keep asking if Israel Keys did it. I, I'm just going to say no. Oh, um, no. Yeah. This no. <laughs> doesn't fit his MO at all. Um uh, and some might say, well, because of one couple that, that he was involved with out East. But anyway, um, so, well, so it's I just wanted... Yeah, it's interesting that Jim Clemente also happy like he brought up Israel Keys as an example, yeah. just completely independent of this story as as a different example. But, you know, I, it doesn't yeah. surprise me that he I mean, certainly he spent time on the West Coast. Certainly he liked being in remote places. Um, I just don't think that going to this, someone's it, house it, like it, this it wouldn't and, yeah. look like this. No, I, I don't think so either. And 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 Lore in the YouTube chat makes a good point. Um, they say I feel like uh, it's one thing um, is one thing to think of possibilities, but as soon as everyone starts buying into a single theory, we lose the object objectivity to seek justice. And I think that's that's a good way to put it. Like, yeah, it's okay well to kind said. of spitball some ideas hypothetically. Um, now, getting back to with that being said, getting back to the footprint things. So. A lot of people, there are a lot of questions too. Is like, why does everybody think everybody's guilty because uh, these teenagers are getting things wrong? I don't think it, like, I want to make clear, I'm not saying I think things are guilty, but it's our job to find these details that weren't caught by investigators. So it's like one thing that I think jumped out to me and a lot of people in Hobby's interview on the scene that day is the first thing he says is, what kind of shoes do you have? And he says, oh, you're going to find my footprints all over back there because I was back there, you know, we were back there walking around. Right. And then Bo says, no, Friday we weren't walking right. around back and there. That's and that's on Javi, the exact same day in the exact same time window. These those two exactly. conversations are happening. Yeah, and and we cops, don't think yeah. I don't see any evidence that Javier was up there on Saturday, so there would be 
Friday, you know, so like when is he talking about his footprints being up there from like if Thursday, life. Wednesday, life in general. But it, so yeah. that doesn't mean like Javier's guilty, but it's like it's something that we do need to put a pin in and think about. Right. Um, the and we've talked about clear. it before. His dad is a DA investigator. He's much more plugged in to what right. investigators are going to be looking for, what's going to be a red flag. So it's hard to know what he's just anticipating because he a may have already had this conversation with his father before he even talked right. to the cops and b he just knows more about the stuff in general yeah and and so for me like i listened to some of these interviews before cuz i wanted to go into them blind like at the very beginning when i first got the case file i listened to a lot of them just looking for indicators that something isn't right before i even knew the detail and that was one of the things i had noted way back like in december when I listened to Javier's interview, like the very first thing he says is, oh, well, you're going to find my footprints back there. And I was like, hmm. Yeah. Th- that's interesting that he jumped out and already excused why his footprints might be um, out there. I don't know yeah. that it means everything, but it's definitely something worth noting. Yeah. And Montana, I agree with you. Uh, th- th- I don't know that him saying he's been out there a bunch is the same as him omitting or lying that he never went on a hike. Like those are two totally, they can be perceived as two totally different things. I mean, people going, people will hike for like, a mile and a half to go get drunk. And in their minds, they are not hiking. They are going to a remote location that's right. fun to get drunk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But where someone else makes that hike during the day and they're like, yeah, I totally went for a hike. So yeah. um, I, I wouldn't put too much emphasis on that either. I agree. Um, Sarah, yeah. so Real glad quick, you before brought you jump this. Into, oh, sure, jump into sure. Sarah's, I want to circle yeah. back to because I in a previous question, we were talking about kind of a hobby controlling the narrative. You, you'd mentioned that. One thing that I noticed is the language they use. And maybe it's just, I, I don't know, the way they all talk. But if you notice, we've heard Jacob and and now Bo both say Javier is the key to all of this. Right. Um, Almost so to me the that, same words. It, yeah. Like. Yeah. It is the same words. And so that makes me wonder, like, is Javier saying, well, I'm the key to this? I'm the, or do they just talk that way? But again, it's another one of those things we just note and and then just, and just don't, don't forget it and move on. I don't know what if it means anything, but I'm definitely getting that vibe that Javier is jumping ahead. And I, like I said, I've read interviews from people that are like, don't even live in the Valley that are like sharing information. And then the cops like, Oh, so who'd you hear that from Becky? And they're like, no, Javier, like he's talked to everyone connected to this. Right. Um, Sarah, so glad you brought this up in Bo's interview. She says, I was struck by Bo's comment about the people in Pinion not liking Becky. Did the police make any effort to investigate local conflicts and harassment? They did. I mean, they talked to several of the neighbors, um, you didn't get a lot of anybody saying they they didn't like Becky. There was people that said they didn't really care for John or they didn't care for Vicky or they just kind of kept to themselves. I didn't see anything that jumped out. There was, I mentioned this, I think back in episode one that like that very day there was a woman up on the Hill that was like walking around. I believe she was naked and high saying that she's going to burn all these houses down. Oh, um, that woman was cleared because she was in the County jail when the murders happened. Um, but, and I, I haven't seen that report. I've been told, so this is not verified, but I've been told that the police were up on the scene dealing with her that night until after eight o'clock, uh, from her walking around. So, you know, they they looked into some of these things. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I totally, I forgot to add in Nick Coraline. There's so many things in this episode in puzzle pieces. I forgot to mention, yes, of course we know we, that Nick had his interview and we'll talk, we can talk about that a little bit too. But in general, it's so interesting 
to think about, like we just said about the about um, Bo and Javi being up there at the same time. The idea that we heard that first interview with Javi up at the scene so long ago to now just remember, okay, Bo is there. That's the same day. That's the same time frame. They don't ask Javi to take pictures of his shoes, but they do ask Bo to take pictures of his shoes. Is it the same person? Is it like I killed or Leclerc? Who I, talks I have to go them? back and listen because I get all the the officers. The detectives mixed up. Okay. A couple of them sound the same. Yeah. There's Eichelt, there's Leclerc, there's Bompensero. Um, so I, I need to go through yeah. and verify who. It's just interesting that, yeah, who. different people, whether it's the same guy or different guys, the cops are asking for di- different things from different people. Um, and it's also interesting to imagine Javi being there with Nick and Bo just off to the side, whatever they're doing. The idea that Bo's comfortable telling a cop, like, with Javi there. You yeah. know, not again, not with an earshot, but there's the idea of being like, yeah, Javi's totally obsessed with Becky. Like he's liked her for so long. Like that's a, yeah. That's, I don't know that that's something that he thinks that Javi wants them to know, but he's just like very comfortable. Well, I, I just get the impression that, that he that, doesn't. You know? Yeah, I get the impression that he doesn't think that's a secret. You know what I mean? Like it's kind yeah. of a thing that everybody just kind of knows. Like that. everyone knows he loves her. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And I want to put it. You probably have a question here, so I'm probably jumping jumping ahead of it, but while I don't want to miss it while I'm thinking about it. Um, Because I know a lot of people on the fan page were asking if Bo's footprints, his DVS shoes, match any of the prints. Um, And the answer is, so I thought they did. So there's one picture of, and I'll try to get these together uh, when I get back to the office and get it posted. But there's like one picture where there's a very clear footprint on top of the wheelbarrow track. And it's a DVS shoe print. And I have the picture of Bo's shoes. And at a glance... I was like, as a matter of fact, when I was sending Jim the, I noticed this when I was sending Jim the, um, uh, the summary before he came on, I was like, well, this kid's footprint, Matt, cause it looks identical. Huh? And then, but then when I took and like zoomed in and really looked at the details, it's not, it's, it's a different. So like, it, it's like on Bo's print, the tread is like zigzaggy little zigzaggy lines, mm-hmm. but the one that is like on the print or on the, in the dirt on top of the wheelbarrow track is like little hexagons or or vice versa but it's something like if you glance at them you're like oh shit that's clearly that print oh, it's okay. the same symbol and the same everything but if you zoom yeah. in and look they're different yeah well and two just to follow up i know this is skipping ahead to nick's interview for a second but you know sarah's comment about you know uh, both saying people in opinion didn't like becky and then nick tossing off the remark of like well there's plenty of crazy people in pinion just what you were talking right. about earlier about the woman who was threatening to burn things yeah. down like and what you said the very first episode which is this is a town this is a little community full of characters right. um but that they perhaps didn't do any canvassing or they didn't i don't know like did they do canvassing? they did like, some genuine? and we've heard some of those in it. like we've heard from jackie gross gene we've heard from scott meyer who lived next door okay. um we've heard from carissa um uh I lost her last name. Um, I couldn't remember if those were things, if if that was, if if that was shoe leather you did or the cops did. So I just, some of it was like, I interviewed Carissa, but Carissa also was interviewed by police back then too. Yeah. Okay. Um, Caroline says, and now getting into Javi a little bit more, Caroline says, what do you make of everyone saying that Javi's the one to talk to, that he's this vital piece, um, uh, which we have talked about, but how many times, she says, did they interview, total, did they interview Javi? I think he was on the scene, then they interviewed him on the 25th, and then there was the two other interviews where they were at his work asking for him to take a polygraph, and I think that's it. So like four, three or four? Four, yeah, I think. Okay. 
Okay. Um, uh, Melissa says, after hearing more interviews, all I keep hearing is Javi, Javi, Javi. Are we sure he isn't in some way actually involved? Um, and kind of brings up this kind of idea of, and Sonia said something similar, this idea of perhaps the unrequited love, perhaps the shoulder to cry on, you know, what if someone does something to create an, a situation in which they get to be the comforter? Right. Um, I know that was, I think that's some of the speculation maybe you're talking about that was on the Facebook page that some people had issues with and other people were like, oh, I understand this is just like speculation. Yeah. And where I'm at with it is there's enough smoke there to say I'm not ready to clear him. But, but I mean, I, again, I keep saying this, but to be very frank, his phone records show that he was down in the valley during the, you know, after like seven o'clock and then also at nine thirty, um, which would seem to, because there's also the possibility that the murders happened around seven, you know, Becky's last call was seven thirty-seven. They could have happened anytime between there, eight o'clock or whatever. And then someone maybe went back to, to clean it. But, but in both instances, the phone records seem to show that Javi was down in the Valley. So that, 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 that seems like enough to just completely alibi him. But then there's all this, there's there's something again there's the idea that they're hiding things they're changing stories stories aren't lining up um one thing that i caught in the interview i don't know if anybody else did i didn't see anybody talking about it is in bo's interview bo says that he was talking to becky on the phone while she was on her way up to pinion around four o'clock that didn't happen so bo was to our uh, nick let me get the right name javier was talking to Becky um, at like three forty or something like that, or you know, it was before four o'clock. Presumably, while she was driving up, they talked for like twenty one minutes, um, nineteen twenty one minutes, something like that. And Javier talks about that he was talking to her while she was driving up the hill. Um, but there's no calls to Bo to or yeah, from that Bo. one's real confusing because that really would have been that's yesterday. I talked to her yesterday. She called on her me. way up the hill. Yeah, but he was and, like, I don't know if she was coming from Denny's or COD, which neither one of those makes sense for, you know, early afternoon or mid-afternoon or whatever. Right, or COD Sunday. might. I mean, he doesn't know what time or class. He just knows she has but class on Saturday. Sunday? Oh, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, he's that's right. It was Sunday. Sunday. He's saying yeah, he so, yesterday. Unless and, and he's Saturday. doing the same thing where he's gone back a day and he's Right, but Saturday. I don't think she went up the hill based on her phone records. I don't think she ever went up the hill Saturday night. I think she stayed down um right. at javier's saturday um so That's i don't know but it was it, it was just it, it, and this is like super tinfoil hattie and i don't even think there's a way to make it make sense um but it just caught it was like well javier's phone alibis him because right. he's making calls but and then what's come up several times what people have mentioned like in the facebook pages well what if javier didn't have his phone what if somebody else had it and so all of a sudden when bo says I was talking to Becky, but that call was on Javier's phone, oh, not on. No. Yeah. So don't it, go Jay it, Wilds on me. It's just adds so much more, even more. It, yeah. Well, yeah. And it could, it, it, but I can't think of a world while why would yeah. Bo have Javier's no. phone? Because there's and phone not calls. say that and not, you it, know, and not bring that up when he seems like he's being forthcoming about everything else. And there's phone calls between Javier and Bo at one yeah. point. You know that evening, so I I don't know, but but it's it's definitely something that was it just jumped out at me as like, Bo seemed like he was he was being pretty straight about everything, yeah. But then he says he was talking to her last night on her way up to the um 
sorry, the, the wall behind me is banging. I don't know what's Perfect. happening. All the things we can't control when we yeah. are on assignment, um, so to speak. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, it's it's just worth noting, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And in the chat, I just want to acknowledge uh, Joanne and Nicole are talking about, you know, having law enforcement parents, having the dynamic of a parent not really specifically staying quiet about something like this, especially if it's uh, has something to do with your own kid's friend um, and the debate over like, do we really think that the parents would be talking to the kids about this, uh, the law enforcement parents? Would they or would they not? The thing I just keep coming back to over and over is that early, like everyone seeming to know, oh, they couldn't tell what sex it was. The like, it just sounded so in the, you know, you guys talked about this with Shiloh and Scott too. Like just, that's just such a specific, he, Javi just seemed to have so much information that Mm -hmm. sounded like an investigator would have told him that information. And maybe I'm just being biased and I can only see it through that filter now. But it just seems to me that, like, his dad was talking to him. And also he was making phone calls to his dad. Like, he was talking yeah. to him, correct? He had, we see, once you figured out what that number was, you knew, mm-hmm. like, oh, he's having conversations with his dad, for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, later uh, later in the day on Sunday. So, and I don't know what the, how the timing, I think he talked to his dad after he had been up there and gave his first interview. I don't know. It's all just... It's at this point that we're just we're still continuing to just gather information so we can then right. piece this together later. Right. Janelle, by the way, as we were talking about Bo's prints and Bo's shoes, uh, Janelle mentioned, well, since you saw the video that Javi was in, um, did you happen to see Javi's shoes in the video to compare them against the tracks in the wheelbarrow? Um, I didn't. You wouldn't be able to see good, the tracks anyway, but yeah. Right. But I might be able to see the brand. So I'll have to go back and watch it again and see if I can see the, the brand of the shoes. Yeah. Um, Esme says what of the big secret Javi and his cousin are hiding and I know this has been talked about in the chat today we've talked about it before the big secret is that uh, Javi they're they're doing drugs perhaps Javi's selling drugs Um, maybe he was going up to Pinion Pine to drop off drugs to someone or pick up more from a supplier that would explain why he said he was just driving around and was up there would explain the secret they're obviously hiding Um, I'm going to include Valeria's comment in this and Esme's comment as well uh, because she also says, is it possible that some or all of these kids were involved in something dodgy like drugs and therefore have to have a cover story, but were not concerned about being suspected of Becky's murder because they truly knew nothing about it? Um, I think the only thing that could be would be if someone was like selling or dealing. Right. Because a few people have been like, well, yeah, they're lying about stuff because they were smoking pot. I'm like, yeah, but they like most of them have already told the police everything about them smoking pot you know like javier says we were driving around in a residential near neighborhood smoking pot so he's not hiding right. that he already shared that with them um and and they've talked about drinking and stuff too so i i i don't think that they're trying to hide the fact that they were smoking some of them like you're like like Bo for sure you know i don't know I, I don't smoke pot and i don't know if they ever smoke pot i mean they had a hookah one time <laughs> you know like he, he obviously yeah. knows that they smoke pot um, see that feels that, that one just rang very sweet to me again you're like yeah. oh kiddo yeah like, i think we're past that but cool 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 i appreciate that you're not trying to yeah. throw anybody under the bus um yeah. i'm so glad jessica you asked this i know there were more questions about this as well uh in the both in the chat now and in the um follow-up post on facebook did jacob take a polygraph test after he volunteered to i believe he did not correct Correct. No one did. Was never Except asked. The, was never actually asked to, or was asked and I, then and then backed up on what he said and didn't do it. 
I don't I don't know that he was ever asked to. I know that the only person that took a polygraph was Ron Friedley, who okay. passed it. What do you make of him of him continuing to volunteer that very boldly? Like, hey, if you want to take my polygraph, let's go right now. Like, I'll do it. I'll take a polygraph. I'm not worried about this. I have nothing to hide. I'll take a polygraph. Why don't you have me take a polygraph? What do you think about that? Does it say anything to you about his credibility, innocence, et cetera? Po- polygraphs don't ever say anything, you know, whether people are wanting them, not wanting them, take them, don't take them. They, they, it just that doesn't, it doesn't go either me. way for you. Got no. it. Um, Kristen says, what is the utility of Javi saying he was with Nick Crum and Bo on Sunday night when he could have just said he was with Corey? Do you find it odd that Jacob didn't go to school on Monday morning? This is a little collection. I I, gra- I grabbed a cluster of Kristen questions. So, okay. uh, and I know you've not seen these. So, um, utility, you think there's a utility if he, of him saying he was with Nick Crum and Bo if he truly was not? Um, why just say, why not just say you're with Corey? So in, in forget, forget that we have seen Javier's phone records for a second and just look at like that on its face. So if someone says I was with Corey and then Corey and I hooked up and hung out with Nick and Bo all night and then you interview Corey and Corey has selective amnesia and and things are seem a little shady with him. And then you interview Bo and Bo's like, I never saw Javier that night um, on its face to me would tell me we need to look a little closer into Javier and Corey because it, it seems like, again, just on its face that Javier knows Corey's not an alibi, which would indicate they if they if they were if they were had some part in this they probably had a part in it together and so they need to add people who weren't a part of it to be their alibi what i'm not mess. saying that's the case but that's but that's that would be what that would indicate to me normally something that i would look further into i also want to point out another thing that, that nobody seems to be talking about is that bo said in his interview that they were supposed to go up to see becky that night with javier and i think he says for some reason that didn't happen he said we just didn't end up ever doing it. And no one asks him, oh, you were? Why? What? Right. Tell me more about that. And that was a frustrating part for, because from the op- the officers should say, oh, you were supposed to. Because, you know, it's like the, the, the same people that are that are that are like, well, look at Robert. You know, he said he was supposed to go up and be with her that night. And then for some reason didn't go. It looks very suspicious. It's like, well, he wasn't the only one. Yes, that is very you know, fair. We have like that Javier. We know was going up there to see her, and then ended up not. And now Bo has added himself to that earlier. Which n- and now Bo no says, one ever says, yeah. Later in the night, they were supposed to see Becky, and they didn't. And then when I couple that in with the, with Javier's, we like every day, every day of phone records. There, I think I mentioned before, there are six hundred times in like two weeks that Javier calls Becky. There, it's constant, a constant back and forth. And also in this night, she tries to call him. Uh, at seven thirty ish, seven thirty seven or whatever, and then he just like no contact for all these hours. And then he calls Denny's, which he says he doesn't do, and then there and there's like no attempts to call all night, like something. And again, this could be as innocuous as Javier and Becky had a fight, and this is just hypothetical. Right? They had a fight about something. He was mad, and he's like, "I'm just, I'm done with her. I'm pissed off at her." And then she ends up dead, and he doesn't want people to know. It could be have nothing to do with the crime. Right, right. It could be like, oh, I don't want to tell him that I just had this big fight with her. Of course. For so the same I'm, reasons we talked about, which is that he yeah, would so know I'm that would look bad. 
right. but that's but that's what it looks like to me that just based on the his history of like the phone records the weirdness about him not, not going up there not trying to you know there are a couple attempts to contact which seems to lean towards well he didn't know she was dead because he tried to get a hold of her right. but also he's got an investigator background so you might know that that might be a helpful thing to try to get a hold of somebody even though you know yeah. they're gone I, I don't know it's just all but but something's not sitting right with yeah. that. And then you know, we hear Bo say that they were supposed to go that night and then they didn't go. Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. I do think that's in here somewhere. But um, and I would say, like, just as a thought experiment, putting myself sometimes the best I can offer is trying to imagine being in someone's shoes. But also that's the most dangerous thing because you don't know what you would do or what someone else should be doing. But from an empathy perspective, let's say people are right. And Javi had deep feelings for Becky. And he sort of accepted the the Jacob thing because you have to because he's your cousin. And also in a weird way, he's part of that relationship because he mm-hmm. spends so much. They spent he gets to be part of that threesome. Right. If you'll pardon the expression. Um, but with Robert, you know, he's heard all these things from Becky about Robert and that being a toxic relationship. He has his own opinion about Robert being bad for her. He sees that there's this increased content with uh, contact with Robert. Now she's going to see him. If he is that's a that that could be a different kind of level of jealousy. And I'm not saying jealousy to the point of hurting her in any way, shape or form. I'm actually going the opposite way and saying he tries to he tries to tell himself he's okay with it and he's not going to bother her. But at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, I don't want to hear about it. Like, I do want to hear about it. I'm dying to hear about it. But I also don't want to hear about it. I don't want to get on the phone with her and have her go, you know what? We're getting back together. You know what I mean? So like that he's doing that concerted thing where we spend the energy going, I'm not going to call. I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to call. I'm not going to text. I don't even care. I don't even care. They could be making out right now. I don't even care. You know what? Maybe when she gets to Denny's, I'll check in with her. Maybe. But maybe, you know what? Maybe I don't even care about that. Maybe maybe she's uh, taking me for granted a little bit. And I'm just going to like ice her out a little bit. She was with Robert. So there's like a lot of behavioral stuff that's very, very innocent to anything happening to her. That could just be him and his feelings, you know? Yeah, like, because feelings, it, it, his feelings. especially when we hear from other friends, that if that's accurate, if what the other friends are saying is accurate, which is that he truly was in love with her, did want there to be more, then this is a tough weekend for him. Yeah. Because it's like she kind yeah. of, you know, it's like she finally and breaks she up with. Up. Yeah. So they, maybe she's available because I think he also says that. And I have to go back and listen. I don't remember exactly what he said about the relationship with Robert maybe being toxic, but I, re- I remember the, like the pregnancy stuff. But I think I believe I remember him still saying that like she loved him. She was still she was still in love with him. Um, I'm almost certain that he said that. So like he knows there's this really strong draw to Robert, and then all of a sudden she's talking to Robert again. Yeah, like that's like, like I said, in that I, I'm not ruling out that that played a role in what happened to Becky, but I'm also not ruling out that that could just be why he's hiding things is because like right. I said, the best way I can put it is that's a rough weekend right. for Javier. For if Javi. what we are hearing from the friends is true, right. that he really did want there to be a more of a relationship there. Right. And I will just, this might be a good time for me to just insert this. And I don't want you to panic because we actually are on a page almost to the end of page three of like three and a half pages. So we're actually doing oh, nice. really well. <laughs> um, so, uh, but what I was going to say about that and the, and the breakup with Jacob is this in reading just what I've read so far, halfway through the transcript of Jacob's third interview, which you do kind of encapsulate in the episode. But I do feel in reading what I read again, not finished it. 
I'm starting to have a stronger acceptance for why Jacob did not think that they were truly broken up. They And we see it in the phone records. They do have contact with each other. Right. She is calling him. They are texting. He is. So and when I read his interview and I started thinking about like, again, over empathizing, perhaps. But like, I remember dating uh, people in high school where I was like this very, you know, I was I overthought everything and I was super artsy and I was very into drama and my feelings and I wanted to talk about everything. And um, I would have mixed feelings about things. And one I'm, I'm sure I was that girl who a guy was like, I think we broke up. But then she called me to tell me she missed me. So I guess we didn't break up. Like, I guess actually maybe things are cool because I think we I thought she had. But then she did these five other things. So then I thought we were OK. I just that really seemed credible to me, especially after reading his getting into more detail about those things. If they're true, I started right. to think, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Like this wouldn't be the first time a straight boy said of a straight girl like I thought she I don't know what I don't know what's going on. She called me. She's mad at me. Then she says it's okay. Then she says, I know I want you to want to call me. I don't want you to call. Do you know what I mean? So I just feel that to me, I started to feel like, oh, no, I kind of can see the context in which Jacob's like, "Ah, dude, I thought we were okay. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's I think I think that's definitely a possibility. I think he still definitely downplayed the situation by not even not not only not mentioning the fight, but but saying how they never fight and that's why they had such a great relationship which could be for a variety of reasons that we've already discussed um and and you very well may be right i but i, I one thing that, that that got me that caught me was was javier saying that jacob has been telling people that they just broke up two days before yeah but that's prime. javi like why do we yeah. know that that's javi telling the truth what if javi's sure. really playing up the breakup because he's super excited that they broke up so right. he wants it to be permanent sure he wants yeah. he's like i know they broke up the good good news is they broke up everybody and he was even telling everyone they broke up that's how broke up they were do you right. know what i mean mm-hmm. so um okay uh, i'm gonna move on to uh kristen I-, I know you have a little question bundle but i'm gonna follow i want to follow up with some of this stuff the one thing i will add is were javi jacob Bo, and austin ever checked to see if they owned guns that could have matched the crime scene i don't think so perfect great makes sense does not make sense uh aaron uh, i know we talked about this a little bit but i can't remember what your answer was aaron also uh wants to know was jacob's brother ever interviewed um and then also wants to know any chance that clara janelle would talk to us more talk to you more now that we're sort of if if they happen to be aware of the podcast as we see these discrepancies kind of unraveling a little is it going to loosen up anybody who might hear about it and go oof maybe i should talk to them i don't know um about that. So as far as the brother, no, I don't think he was ever interviewed. Right. And yeah. and that's and that's another that's weird just, one for me. So I don't weird. get I don't get that's why so weird. it's days before the murder. It doesn't make sense, but why is he continuing to say and now we've heard even like Bo says, we were hanging out with, with Jacob at his house on Friday at eight o'clock or right. on Friday night. The phone record show he was there. I think Javier says he left on Friday. Like everybody says Jacob left on Friday. Ru- or Austin says he he left on Friday. But then but then Jacob it's not just like he mixed up the day, but he says it was like right after the fight with Becky, he left to go on Thursday right. and took off. Right. Um, 
So I don't I don't know what any and, of that means. And the but, fact no. that they pin, they're so set on pinning him down. You know, LeClaire is the person who he actually talks to in the third interview. And LeClaire's like, I'm kind of the lead detective on this. I got to clarify all this stuff. Maybe right. it's uh, something that's happening between you and uh, my my colleague. Maybe this it can be ironed out really easily. Right. But like they are they make specific they're specifically reaching out to him about the breakup. So the fact that they would not follow up with his what he says he did those nights Seems right. very odd to me because they yeah. clearly are suspicious. I know that yeah. that's him. He's not saying he's in Costa Mesa on Sunday night, but still. Yeah. So, and that's a, that's the whole thing. And I think I said this in the episode. Like, I don't know what it means. I can't even imagine a utility in that lie. But it's very clearly incorrect that he was there. But I can't. Like, what does it matter if he went? What does it matter? Yeah. And Larry even said, like, oh, maybe he went a couple different times because they're it's only a couple hours away. But that's a weird thing to omit. For him too, but it is, it's, it's weird to, I feel like, yeah, if you go out there all the time, maybe you forget, but it's like, I don't know, for some reason to me, spending two nights there is, is like, I don't know that I would conflate spending it's hard to think just it was a one mistake. single night yeah. there. One single night versus two nights is very different to me than two nights versus three nights. Like, and that barely all a night. Like he's still right. late Friday. He's still in the Valley. Right. And then he's in Costa Mesa Saturday morning and, and then Saturday back night he's back Saturday in the Valley. Night. That's true. So it's not even like he brushes his teeth and goes to bed for 10 hours like at his right. mother's. Yeah, so <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what that means. Okay, let's get into Austin. Uh, uh, we talked about Nick Coraline, um briefly with the there's a lot of crazy people up here. Is there anything you want to add? Because there wasn't really actually anything that went deeply into this very brief interview with Nick. He, you know, it was a short interview. No. He thought he had never met Rebecca and then realized that Rebecca and Becky were the same. Right. Bless him. Um, is there anything from that interview you particularly, Bob, feel like you want to draw a circle around? No, there wasn't much there with, to me, with Nick that was that was super important. The, the big thing with Nick for me is, you know, again, like all the smoke is enough to keep looking in that direction is that he drove that little red truck and they never pursued that. They never even asked him. Where were you at yeah. last night? What were you doing? Could this be your truck? Yeah, this that was actually a question I had for you. I'm glad you brought that up because I was just wondering, because it's so maddening to me, Joshua, I saw you mentioned it in the chat just moments ago, this maddening fact uh, of not following up on that. So I did want to ask you, like, do you think there's a world in which, like, based on the conversation, perhaps one of them has, again, that's not noted, that's not part of the uh, the fire chief's testimony, but actually a face to face conversation where the description of the red truck to someone like Leclerc in person um, and then he goes and actually looks. He's there. He sees the red truck on the scene. He looks at it and he's like, oh, he said that this had a white bed. This doesn't have that and blah, blah, blah. And it just in his mind, he's like, meh, dismissed. Possible. It's, it's got to be that. something because I, I, I don't understand why we don't see any any more follow up with that. Yeah. Uh, Valeria, by the way, also said, and she did say this, uh, Valeria, I'm sorry that I um, forgot to mention this again. There were so many questions, but um, one of the phone call discrepancy things with call logs could be like, what if someone had a burner phone, especially if they were dealing and or um, just buying like is could there be a situation where somebody like Jacob could say, possible, I made all these calls, I did this and that, but then there's just... It was with kind of off. our main characters, we have, you know, a two-way recollection of that because, you know, we have... So, like, as Jacob, we know there was the home phone that, you know, he had a home phone. So it's like, well, maybe we don't see it in his call records because he called from his home phone. But if he says he was calling Becky, well, then we can look at Becky's records and see if there was a call from the home phone. You know, so in most cases, we're able to 
look on both ends of the supposed calls and see if there's any evidence of it being there. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah. And also it's like, what do we, how do we, what do we do with that? Cause we'll never know, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's a, it's a really interesting question. Okay. So for Austin, Sonia says, what do you make of, of, if anything of both Javi and Austin being up in the Hemet area around the same time of day, coincidence or something more, could there have been some sort of rendezvous um, where Javi collected Jacob from Austin around six uh, before heading to Becky's before the hike? Um, could there be any phone data, pings, anything like that? Austin said he left for him at Saturday night at five. Uh, seems he and Javi would been in that area around the same time, although that's sorry, I'm reading this realizing like, didn't he say he left for it that Sunday? Aren't we talking about Sunday? I think we. I think you mean Sunday, Sonia. I think you mean Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I know you're in the chat too. So if you if if I'm wrong about that, let me know. But um, uh, seeing Hemet mentioned by people, uh, Sonia says meth is prevalent there. Uh, it's making her spidey senses go off. That during his interview, Jacob mentions, and I haven't even gotten to this in the third interview, but apparently, doesn't he say in his third interview, Becky and I used to laugh all the time that potheads don't commit DV and murders, only tweakers do. Is that in the third interview? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah. So interesting comment to make, Sonia says, especially if he was offering up freely to cops that he was a pot smoker. Could be th- could it be that he was hiding something like meth or vaguely trying to point the cops in the directions of a, a tweaker group and away from him? Boy, it doesn't sound like he's described as being in any way a meth user. Like everyone no. talks about him. The way they describe him makes it sound like he's a stoner. Again, in a way that a hyper emotional girl in high school would be like, why are you driving so bad? Like, and him being like, yeah. dude, you survived five car crashes, dude, baby. You're not supposed right. to die right now. And I would be like, take this seriously. Right. Stop yeah. being so chill about everything. Why are you so chill? Yeah, exactly. And as far as like them both being in Hemet, like that's just, I do want to point out too, that I had said in the episode, like where Hemet was at is just a few miles past Pinion Pines. It's actually all. So where Javier says he went, he, when he says Hemet, he's referring to Hemet Lake. Um, okay. Which is much closer. It's maybe, you know, 20 minutes from Pinion. Okay. Um, the actual city of Hemet or town village, whatever of Hemet is a ways past there. Okay. Um, but the, but the point is making it still the same. It's like the Austin, the guy who had this conflict with her that says, you know, the people they didn't, didn't like Becky had this fight with her at the Denny's. Um, it's like, where were you at last night? It's, it's oh, so essentially, oh, I was up the hill until two in the morning that day you know so it's it's yeah. it's just worth again worth noting at least we know according to him yeah he was up in that area he had to drive past pinion pines to get there and yeah it was at the same time that javier was up there driving around that same area kind of out in the middle of nowhere and we um, also have these calls from jacob and austin's house to jacob it's where right. is austin where are they are they both home why are those calls happening uh, yeah. which I know David had, had had asked about as well. And then Austin also saying that he never saw that he was the way I took it was that he was hanging around the house all day Saturday until five o'clock when they went up to Hemet with his buddy because right. they went to the mall at some point and then they were home just hanging out at the house because he was interviewed at the house. Um, there was, and he said, we're just hanging out here. And then he says he never saw Jacob when Jacob says he was home all day that time. There's just, like I said, there's, there's there's no thing that I'm like, aha, this right. means this happened, but it's like something things aren't corroborating each other. Something's ad- not adding up here. And when you have somebody right. so people with obvious classic motives are are, you know, if Javier was truly in love with her going through this, having a bad weekend, that would be 
a motive. Not saying that's his motive or that he did anything, but you know, just if if you're just looking at this without knowing anybody, looking at basic facts, that's motive. She just broke up with Jacob, that's motive, and she's like starting to talk to her ex boyfriend. Um, and then Austin, who already seems to have enough of a motive to attack her because he did, you know, the the night before, and had to be had to, the manager had to come out and make him leave Denny's. So like it's like these, this group of these three guys that have on paper at least some kind of motive all seem to be lying about where they were at. Right. And then we find out where we, Oh, we were up near the crime scene at the time of the crime. Like there's yeah. just, there's, there's, there's too much there just to be like, cause I, I know there's still people that are, that are still like on the fan page. It's like, Oh, these are just teenagers. They're stoners. Let's I, just move I, and on. I go, I fl- I go back and forth. I really don't know. Like I, st- I'm, I would say I'm just as open to it being all of this being, we're just trying to clear people and it yeah. truly being nothing. And that may I be really the case. I really am. Like yeah. if we can put Jacob back down in the house, you know, it, it, yeah. so like that may be the case. But like I keep seeing like a, the occasional post where somebody would be like, they're just stupid high teenagers. Like, let's move on. This is a waste. But it's not like we are looking. That's what we do. That's why we're very good at what we do collectively is because we look at every single detail and take time on every single detail. Because the thing is, the police obviously were like, meh. Five years back, and they moved on, and then the right. jury never got to hear it. And you know, like we're going to look and see: is there anything to this, or should we move on? You know, we're we're not on a time schedule here. We're going to go through it all. Yeah, I'm so fascinated by this idea of the because you know I'm listening to the um, I'm listening to the uh, Chris's wonderful reportage of the case against Paul Flores and his 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 father Ruben and just hearing why mm-hmm. the judge makes certain decisions and she barred them from bringing up alternative suspects but it makes perfect sense in that scenario and that's and so it's so interesting to make that comparison like they have this is a there are great arguments here for alternate suspects. There aren't in that scenario, and and yet the judge made the same decision both times. So not that it's the same judge, but that yeah. stuff just and, makes me And this crazy. one, it's like you can say, well, Javier's phone records alibi him, so maybe you can't bring up Javier. Um, but even still, when you when you're when you're trying to at least draw for a defense, draw parallel arguments, and they're like, well, Robert was supposed to go up there, and he supposedly just canceled and didn't go. I think it would be fair to use the defense. We well, also have statements that other people said yeah, they were supposed to. Yeah, be up Javier there. was supposed to go up there right. and supposedly didn't go, and he's the only one that can confirm that, just yes. like Robert. And then all this stuff about Austin and about Jacob and stuff. Like, not to say that they're guilty, but there should have. There's definitely plenty of places in the defense where you can say, "Well, if you're saying this makes him look guilty, well, yes. why doesn't it also make him look guilty?" Yes. There's way more there there. Uh, And by the way, you just brought up the altercation at Denny's again. We continue to have questions about that, understandably so. For example, Mariel and Ann Sonia, people are wondering, was this serious enough that the Denny's manager would have written up an incident report? Was this serious enough that the police would have been called? Or was it, like you said, this weird, uncomfortable thing where he confronts her? We still don't know the full content of that. And then the manager ushers him out and that's it. And end of story. There's no written report. There's nothing. We have three problems with that. Great. One. So Javier tells them it happened. Yes. And then I still keep seeing people going, well, yeah, but Becky's cousin. We talked about this in the Patreon last week, but like, well, Becky's cousin says that she talked to Becky that night and it was Robert that did it. Well, first of all, the phone record shows she didn't talk to her cousin that night. So that's one thing. That was an interview she gave to 48 hours, 10 years later. I'm not saying she's lying, but I think she's, but, but there's a game of telephone going on there where, but we have one living eyewitness that was Javier who said, I saw it was my my roommate's 
or my cousin's roommate, Austin Alba, that did it. I saw it happen. I was there. That's who it was. But it was, it, it got kind of through the rumor mill conflated to, oh, it was the ex-boyfriend's roommate, to it was the ex-boyfriend, to, oh, they arrested Robert Pape. It must have been the ex-boyfriend, Robert. It's kind yeah. of what, how, how that went down. And KH um, says, Javi said that, some, Javi says somewhere that Becky had to write a report about it, which I totally missed. That's true. Yeah, I don't really... I remember he said the manager had to come and maybe there was um, there there was another report. But the three big issues are, one, that the police didn't follow up with Javier for more details. Two, they didn't interview the Denny's manager to get the details. Uh, and three, they didn't ask Austin Alba about it after they had been told that it was him. That, you know, So because they didn't do those things, like was there a written report? Probably. Right. Can we find it? 15 years later, I mean, even Nick Coraline, who knows nothing, tells them to go talk to the people at Denny's. Yeah, the last thing he, that was the, one, the last thing he says is need? I, I'm beginning to think that there are things left out of the case file, there would like some Brady be. material, because like because they do follow up on stuff for all of right. us being like, ugh, there's like a ton that they do follow up on. Yeah. And so are they so dumb when he says you should talk to her employees at Denny's that, that yeah. they never went or did they go and it's not documented? Um, that's super weird we're gonna too. Hear or some it's more documented and it's just they just never made it into discovery or something which right. is also super yeah. weird i want to i want to point out so so kh made a good point something i had never thought of and i'm just spitballing but i want to put it out there just for people yeah. to think about um if i can get back to it uh they say not likely but robert could have even been the target if this is a jealousy thing robert and becky mm. and that's something i had never thought about mm. was and it's and again, I haven't even fully processed this, but I think that was a really good point. Something to think about. Maybe we could be looking at this whole thing completely wrong. If so, if this group, if it, if it is a jealousy thing with this group and they know Robert is supposed to go up there and hike. What if the reason people went up there with guns ready to go attack was because they were going up to attack Robert and then get up and there then, and Robert's and not what? there and things get out of hand, maybe an argument with Becky or something like that. But it would explain, because the problem I have with anybody is whoever went up there went up there, and and, yes. and I agree, Jim agrees, I think even Shiloh and Scott agree, they went up there with murder in mind. They went up there with two guns, an escape plan, ready to go. So and possibly it's like, fuel, possibly even fuel. Yeah, possibly burn. even possibly. their own gasoline. Um, uh, and and actually, actually, another... I'll put a pin in that because there's another something I just remembered a comment somebody had made in, on Facebook that I thought was an interesting question. Um, but it's like, why would they take guns and things up? Like if the state's whole theory is, well, Robert's up there and then, you know, they think they're getting back together and things get out of hand. It was like, but that they, if he really was just going up there to go on a hike so much so that even Becky thinks it's just like, according to Javier, just like, why would they take two guns and intend to go kill everybody? Right. You know, right. but, but, if it was, and it's like if Javi loves, you know, Becky so much, what? Well, there's all these questions. Anyway, it's just something. Again, I'm spitballing as I read that and was like, huh, that's a good thought. Yeah, what I don't if think that's, the target, that's not come up before. So the I'm target like, yeah. was Robert. That's a that's a really good thought and and something to that we should continue thinking about. Yeah. Um, and what I was going to say before is I saw somebody on Facebook made a comment recently that said, "Why was there enough fuel left to light Becky on fire?" Mm-hmm. And that's a good question. It kind of goes back to what I was saying before, how, you know, usually when you see arsons with gasoline, they dump it all over the place, not just in a, in a few key places. Um, 
but it is kind of if you think about it just behaviorally that if the house fire was lit yeah first, yeah why they would th- would they really think like we got to save enough gas here to yeah i think maybe it was i want to say it was david and david if it wasn't you and it was someone else i'm so sorry but i did see that that was like what also sort of is the target is where the f- fuel is used and who it's used on and what order it's used and all of that like is there any way that that can help us further understand who the main target was? Um, yeah. And, and again, question. I don't have the answer to that, but definitely. Um, Keep it in mind. Definitely something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Kat says, oh, we're really almost done. Kat is wondering about uh, interviews with Becky's sisters since um, they may know things the friend group may not. Yeah, they're coming up. Great. Um, Lore has been working on a timeline. Uh, awesome, 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 Lore. You're great. Um, but uh, in Claire's interview, the there's a the mention of someone named Mike who sold weed to Becky and Claire. Anything more about him? Do we know anything about him? No, not the other than Mike. Okay. Uh, Amber says, will we get any interviews soon of people that really knew Becky? So it's kind of the same line as the sister's question. Um, and, uh, she says very plainly, the entire episode is all the guys saying, Javi told me they weren't her friends. Uh, fair enough, right. Amber, fair enough. Uh, and then Sarah yeah, I mean, even, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, we've heard, I mean, Bo seemed to have a direct relationship with her at least. And obviously Javier had, I mean, I mean, I don't think it's fair to say that nobody like knew her. I mean, one was Jacob, obviously Javier, Bo seemed to have a relationship with her. We heard from Jarrett, Claire and Janelle. Um, but yeah, we're going to hear the sisters' interviews and con- and continue on. But I get the point that again, like the the narrative is being completely driven by Javier. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sarah says we talk about a friend circle, but I think we need to talk about friend circles. We talked about this a little bit last week. It feels as if we have three different friend circles at play. With Javi as the connector, not Becky. Did the police make any effort to sort out the friendships, or did they treat them as one homogenous group? Um. Well, they definitely they definitely bifurcated. Robert and Christian from the Javier Jacob group, but there is, I mean, Javi made sure that that would happen. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it should, and and needed to, I mean, obviously it's very different, but, but there is kind of the different friend group with like Jacob and Austin and then Javier and his younger friends, but, but they are, they kind of investigate, but they, I think they should be because they they all overlap. You know, you have, you you know, and, and Javi is kind of the glue between them, but so is Becky in a way. Becky also connects Javier and Jacob plus their cousins, obviously, Right. Um, but then you hear like Bo say we were hanging out at Jacob's house and Javier says they were hanging out at Jacob's house. We'll hear more interviews. So there's there's plenty of crossover. Right. Austin's the outlier. Nobody seems to really be friends with Austin. He's just Jacob's roommate. And I'm sure um, we'll be hearing more about him, perhaps. In yes. I believe yes. that you said that even in this last episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Last question. We did it, everybody. So that's why I'm scared to look at the chat anymore, because I'm sure there's so many <laughs> great things in there. An hour. Hour. Um, this, is about, uh, this is about normal for us at this point. Final question from Bobby. Is there any connection between the Fulon property, which was literally across the street from the murder scene, and Alex Fulon? If that was a family property visited by the friends group, this would be a pretty well-known environment for knowing what you could or could not do in secret or be seen. Anything more with Alex Fulon? Um, well, as far as the property goes, I don't know. I saw that post, but it was as I was getting ready to leave. I don't think I mentioned this, but like I'm recording from my wife and I's ninth anniversary today. So my wife and I are in Nashville for a couple of days. Um, but that's not really on assignment because you still showed up for work. So thank you. Right. I can't call it assignment. Not, Zach's on assignment. Yeah. He's and not people working. aren't allowed to say that you go out of town too much because you're here working right now. 
in this right. moment for an hour and a half at least. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I had seen Bobby's post about that. And I need to go through. I think he went through like property ownership record and saw that there's a Fulon connected. I need to do some more research to see if that is actually connected to Alex's family. I don't know. As far as Alex is concerned, um, it's very convenient, Janet, that you put that at the very end of the <laughs> It's also very convenient that Bobby listed that because uh, I went to double check after I'd already prepared everything and was like, an Alex Fulon question. Quick, quick, Janet, sneak it in at the end. Because in two days on Sunday, uh, coincidentally, completely coincidentally, uh, we're going to hear from Alex Fulon. Super interesting interview is one of those interviews where I was like, oh, they did interview Alex. Let me listen to this because. You know, Javier says he was talking to Alex that night and there was all this stuff. And we'll see how that connects with all of this. And then I listened to it and was just like, what the hell? Like, did not expect to hear what I heard. Um, oh, man, you and, do this to us every week. Every yeah, week you hear I'm, I try to, I'm, I need to, I need to not to hear. <laughs> over, oversell it. Because sometimes I oversell it and people are like, where was the bombshell? I'm not saying there's some bombshell there, but definitely not what I was expecting to hear from Alex. What I was expecting to hear was details about what happened that night. And the communication with Javier. And you get some of that, but there's other stuff too. So make sure you tune in on Sunday for that. And uh, and then we'll talk all about it next week when hopefully Zach will be back from his assignment. Yeah, Zach, we miss you. We love you. Kelly, you remain the best. And a lot of people in the chat and I want to wish you a happy anniversary. Happy anniversary oh. to you and Becky. Thank you, guys. Look, look. Becky. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't you do it. The people on the oh, on the internet no. want to wish you happy no, anniversary. That's so mean. That's so mean. I as 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 one of your work wives, I have to say no, no. That's a no go. Don't you dare. Um, Listen, all right, you, everybody. In the Patreon, I see, you heard all the shenanigans that she. That's true. Already there were a lot of Patreon today. shenanigans. Never a bad time to join Patreon. This would be a good week. It was a very fun episode. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm I'm seeing some a few things we didn't get to, guys. I'm going to try to take some little screenshots of those and circle back. But thanks again for an amazing chat in YouTube. You guys are the best. Yep. So thank you guys. We'll talk to you guys all again next week. <laughs> Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Edited by Kelly Barron's Brink, and all music for the show was created by PutThemInASong.com. Our follow-up logo was created by me, and all of our font across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, TruthAndJusticePod.com, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. And a big thank you to our transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Kay Woodyomnik, Ginger Viola, Erica Cantor, Danielle Rohr, Jennifer Ford, Courtney Wimberly, and Melissa Cardenas. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in several ways. To financially support the show, the best thing you can do is just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You'll not only be supporting the show, but you'll get something in return. On Patreon, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we have reward levels. For just $5 a month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes bonus video content every week. Then other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. 
You can also do us a huge favor by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the brands that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page on Facebook. And for all you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found in all forms at Bob Ruff Truth. Janet can be found at Janet Barney. And Zach is at Z to the Q. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. As for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver. And I'm Janet Varney. And this has been Truth and Justice. Keep this in, Kelly. Oh, shit. That'll be the very beginning, right after this break. <laughs> what was that? We'll be back so right we'll after be, this break. So, so we this, will be... After this this, break, is, we'll be this is how human people talk. This is... <laughs> I am not from another planet, and we will be back after this break. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. Let me, uh, let me get the YouTube live. Oh, I don't have my clicker. That'll do. Oh, there you go, Kelly. I, and I, and every time you do that, I'm gonna think you're applauding me, so everyone wins. <laughs> I noticed that you saw because uh, you really thought I was applauding you. Yeah, I always assume, always assume someone's applauding it's you. Hot and spicy up in here with the air conditioner on. <sighs> See, just a little change in the tone there, and gives Kelly That's a nice great. button on. Very that. final. The nature of HR, there are so many moving parts, and it's not just about the processes, but also about the people, because they're like different parts of a jigsaw that you can put together to help the organisation. Sage helps HR champions like Sherry spend less time on admin so they can spend more time bringing the team together. Sage, helping business flow.